Welcome to Interviews. My name is Laurent Autain. I'm a business coach on a quest to crack the entrepreneurship code. So I thought, why not talk to entrepreneurs and ask them the right questions? I make sure to alternate between a male and a female guest every week. I hope their answers will inspire you. This podcast is available on all your favorite platforms. If you enjoy it, there are three ways you can help me make it bigger. One, subscribe. Two, share your favorite episode on social media. Three, buy me a pizza. Blog on my website, laurentnotin.com slash podcast and click on the icon, buy me a pizza. Interviews is brought to you by Social Prize, a marketing and communication agency operating remotely since 2005. Social Prize specializes in digital technologies and communication, web development, e-commerce, remote working, coaching, training, growth hacking. Log on their website, socialprize.me. Hi, thank you for listening. Today, I am with Alexandra McManus, the founder and CEO of IRIS, a data and analytics company that provides real-time trade resource management on large construction and development projects. Alexandra lives in Philadelphia, USA. Hey, Alexandra, thank you very much for joining me today. Hi, really happy to be here. Well, I'm really happy that you're here with me. <laughs> so let's start. And, you know, when I was preparing this podcast, I love the fact that you work in the construction slash tech sector, you know, two industries that are usually perceived as male dominant. <laughs> but I know it's not the case because I've interviewed several female entrepreneurs in the tech scene. But I have to say, you're the first person I interview in the construction industry. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to that conversation. And, you know, the construction sector, it's what I, what I feel from it is that it's a tough sector. So please tell me about your journey. How did you end up being an entrepreneur in this field? I, I, I'm going to have to agree. It is a tough sector. It's a tough market. <laughs> I often wonder why I'm still in this industry, but this is where I started. So right. um, kind of beginning my journey, I actually went to school as a mechanical engineer, which which is lovely these days. There's many more women in the kind of sciences and in, in the US, we STEM is, is how we the acronym mm. we use um, field. But when I started, there was very few. So I was a mechanical engineer. I think I was actually one of the, the few women in my university. Uh, and then coming out of school, I was looking for different opportunities. And what I found out personality wise is I just don't make a very good engineer. (laughs) (laughs) Not not because I don't have the ability, right? I did fine in school, but when I went and we did, uh, we do co-ops in the U.S. And so I started doing a co-op and engineers have typically very specific roles. So you go in and you design something, you build a widget and you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, Personality lies, I like to get involved in lots of different things and kind of build a big picture. Mm. So I I found myself eventually in a consulting role and I, I thought this is pretty great. I I like that from an engineering perspective, you get involved in a project, you put everything together and then you move to the next project. 
Um, and then I said, I like that a lot. And I started my first job in a consulting company because I'm an engineer and I kind of like construction because it's, you know, it's pretty amazing. You know, you get to work together and build something very tangible um, in the construction industry. So we were focusing on data and software to put together very large program of construction projects, right? It's real specific and niche from there. So I actually just out of college, based on my background in engineering and my personality, liking to be involved in many things, uh, started in the construction industry, um, which means that I, I have grown up in that industry now for 20 plus years and, and understand it in detail. Um, so right. I think that that's how I found myself in both the construction and tech and then, you know, wanting to just start building more and more kind of value into the industry. Right. So is that why you became an entrepreneur to build something from yeah, scratch yeah. again? Yeah, it really, it really, the idea of, uh, right, the idea of taking an idea and then yeah. just building it, it just, it never gets old to me, right? The process can be grinding and you have to stick through it. But um, whether you, I, I love the idea of building a construction project, right? Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of building a company, right? To me, they're, they're very similar in our company. Um, my co-founder Hussein is also from the construction industry. So all of our analogies on the, we always, we always use building analogies, right? Because whether you're building software, right, or a team, right, the, the kind of the, the same analogies work. You're building the foundations, and you're going from there. Right. So tell me a little bit about your your company, how it started, and where where is it now? Okay. So um, we started by a couple of folks, myself and my co-founder included, and somebody I knew from college, and also my previous job, um, trying to understand how we could bring kind of data and visibility onto the construction site. So mm. from my experience in the initial, in the job I had, we were bringing data and software kind of pre-construction and then post-construction. So it sent, we were helping to kind of control and streamline that process, but it was a bit of a black hole when you got to the construction site, right? You, you, you bring everybody to the site, hope for the best, and then funnel the information at the end of the project. So we're like, ah, I think in the world of technology, we can do better than this. Uh, so we were looking to focus on what's the most important data to grab for the construction site, which is, which is still um, workforce data. Right, individuals who are on site are still going to drive kind of the entire project. And if you're outside of construction, just the entire process. So this concept of knowing that the right number of the right people are on site at the right time um, becomes very important to risk mitigation and then actually every workflow associated with, with the work site. Um, so then it became how do we capture that data in a kind of transparent but uh, operationally manageable way and get that mm. back to everybody on site. So um, that's what we're focusing on. And I think we've become very successful in understanding, which I think is a really important entrepreneurially. Uh, we're pretty, I think empathetic is a value that our company has, understanding what's happening on a site, that the demands that everybody has to go through and how you can work within them and then actually help everybody. Without that, because construction is a difficult industry, I don't, I don't think we'd be successful. Where is your company at today? So we were founded in 2015 and 
we actually conceptually brought kind of put some documents together to kind of get some initial market research on this concept with kind of big builders right mm -hmm. so and, and we started uh with a actually a large fortune 500 owner we happened to have a connection we said you know what do you think of this you know having this information from your construction sites and they're like we love it <laughs> we want it and we said we don't have it. We're just mm -hmm. trying to kind of, you know, mark, do some market data. Um, they actually wanted it so much that they agreed to contract with us, which was amazing um, before we had built the system. So wow. they said, yeah, this was in, so this is a very fast start. This was in May of 2015. By October of that year, we were collecting data on site. We didn't actually have any software for them to see the data um until kind of a few months later but we were able to collect the information right and then once we have it then we could present it back it happened to be a, a large project so we had started out trying to get some market validation and then just decided to jump in pretty quickly and say all right th there's some value here um let's put something together we knew how we wanted to do it right but we just the orders in which we put it together happened just based on speed mm. So it's a, a good example of a great collaboration between a startup and a corporate. Yes. And, and I think lucky, right? Um, you know, and I think that's part of the reason as an entrepreneur, you have to go out and speak to a lot of people, mm. <laughs> a lot of customers, whether it's a lot of investors, because you don't always hit that same kind of um, point of, of, uh, of luck. <laughs> every time you talk to somebody, right? So, you know, not everybody's gonna be as interested, but we, we did speak to enough people where we, we said, okay, there's, there's some interest. And it took some of the risk off the table for us, not all of it, but some of it to go forward and, and, and kind of put our money in. Are they still involved? Uh, we yeah we did it, several projects with that uh, with that company and then since that point just to kind of go through our roadmap um, as a as a company we've kind of greatly uh, expanded our software and our platform right as well as our footprint in the market um, so we do work we started working with owners we we also work with a lot of general contractors we have tools for subcontractors. Um, and actually at the moment, what we're doing is a lot of data center work, um, mm. which I think is just, just interesting for what's going on in the world right now. Um, but we're helping to normalize kind of data across multiple projects. Um, and a lot of our success has been that collaboration, but with, with our client, right. With the owner to see what they need, um, and then understand how they need it, which is a really important point. That's interesting because <clears throat> this is a topic that I talk a lot about, you know, understanding customers' need, focusing on customers, but we never talk enough about it. <laughs> 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 so how do you actually do that, understanding the needs? Okay. So in our industry too, and I think part of the reason the construction industry, I'm going to circle back to that, gets very complicated is it's very fragmented. Mm. Right. And so we are a business to business, right? B2B company. Um, but we are serving multiple stakeholders on the other side, right? So we need to meet the needs of everybody involved in our process. So I think that's how we start thinking about it. So we are collecting data, 
right? And the data that we're collecting is useful to a lot of people that aren't in the process of collecting it, right? So we also need to make it useful to the people that are collecting it, right? We need mm -hmm. to make their jobs easier. And so that's really the way we've, we started to think about it. And because myself and the, some folks in my company have, have been in the industry for so long, we take the time to understand the roles, right? So if you're in administration, uh, in admin on a project, what do you have to do? And then how can we provide value back to you if part of what you're doing is collecting data for us, right? Mm -hmm. So it's providing data value back, I think, whether it's in a efficiency and workflow, whether it's an ease, we focus a lot on UI, UX for the different pieces, which I think is maybe a little different in our industry, right? At this human centric design on software um, so that it's a nice experience for everybody involved, right? Because we're going to be working with the construction worker, the project admin, the project managers, safety personnel, security personnel, right? They're all touching our platform. Right, all the way up to uh, kind of a, the general construction owner and then the project owner. Good data at the top, you have to add value and process all the way down. But this, I think, is also why it's been to, construction has been slow to adopt technology because it's so fragmented and there's so many individuals you have to kind of uh, please. Mm. Delight is, uh, which I love, our, our product team likes to delight our customers, which is a really, really nice way of looking at it. <laughs> are, they, are they delighted? <laughs> um, I don't know if they'll tell you they delighted, but we're striving <laughs> to make them delighted. And construction is a very tough industry. I don't think that's the word they would use. <laughs> but I, I, I so guess that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> but I guess hearing you talking about it, I guess it requires a lot. There's so many people involved. I guess yeah. it requires a lot of patience, making yeah. sure also that you ask the right question, that you collect you collect the, the right data from the right people. Yeah. And, and understand how you're fitting into that workflow. I mean, mm. I think if you're, if you're an entrepreneur and you're, you're like, wouldn't it be great if this existed and, I, and then you start building it, you also, how do you fit into the entire ecosystem of that market? of that situation you're in, right? So we've been cognizant of that from the beginning because there's just no other choice. Mm. <laughs> yes, we're trying to delight uh, the, the, the stakeholders involved in our platform, but really if we are not, they're fighting against us. Right, so, right, so that's the, 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 the less positive side. Okay, right? okay. But then it must be, it sounds to me like it's a complex job like yeah. it requires a lot of organization yes uh, <laughs> and you say that you're like yes <laughs> <laughs> because right it, the complexity goes on both sides right it's mm -hmm. complex to make sure all of our team members stay focused on the complexity of the client right that our customer success team right understands that so it does make it a more layered approach to even training, right? A, a customer um, and, and making sure, and then designing the product. Okay. But I think that's, 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 that's a lot of products, right? Especially when you get into enterprise software, mm. right? They are filling the needs of many different individuals. So in that way, it's not, it's not different. So let's talk about you a little bit, the woman and the entrepreneur. What are you really good at? 
I think, and I think this drives a little bit through how we, you know, how we operate as a company, what they tend to be really good at is um, create, I'm going to go with creative thinking, right? Seeing what's around and the patterns that, that, that are happening around me, picking out what's important and what's not important, and then being able to quickly kind of absorb that information and, and kind of realign if needed, right? So if, in it, it's whether it's your customer needs that, right? So you're moving in a certain direction, you get more input, and then you realize you have to kind of pivot is a is a heavily used word, mm. <laughs> but I would say align, right? You need to align yourself differently, right? We need to and be able to quickly do that, mm. right? So that creativity and pliability in thought, um, which can be very different. I'm I very rarely, even during the course of the day, set out and and. Uh, everything goes exactly how, how I planned on a schedule. And that works for certain people and not others. Uh, <laughs> may or may not drive my kids crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, you would drive me crazy too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I, I always want to maximize value in time. And sometimes that means adjusting, you know, where you're going or what you're doing. Mm which you can get away with, I think, in a smaller company. And as you get bigger and bigger, right, it's it's harder to make those quick pivots and alignments, right? So that's something we are, as a company, working with too, to, to, to get the discipline in to enable that flexibility, um, but also not lose your path, right? Those are, those are, you know, two sides of a coin. That's interesting, because you're already predicting yourself in the future yeah. then. So I guess you anticipate that your role will evolve in yes. the future. Yeah. How do you see how do you see yourself evolving? Uh, <laughs> so with, right, it's in a I'm cognizant of we'll have to, I want to keep the flexibility, mm. but have to work right within a, a bigger structure, right? Which is right and balancing those two. Right. So we're, as a company, we're already doing that because you're growing when you have more people, right? Uh, the communication, right? You're not just calling somebody up because <laughs> there's a handful of people and like you just communicate through everything every day, right? So to create the process to make sure the information disseminates, um, but then you have to have the time to allow that to happen, right? So there becomes a just inherent um, kind of methodical time frame versus everything happens quickly mm. so I think when you're a young company like young entrepreneur you have to adjust very quickly um when you have more market share more customers right you have to be cognizant and more employees everybody needs the time to adjust right if that may so I that's yeah. where I see myself going is having to be more um uh, methodical it sounds like it is in conflict with your creative brain. <laughs> <laughs> it must be like a big step, a big step for you. Yes and no. Um, I do have some experience doing that. It's just, it's maybe not the thing that bring, brings me the most pleasure, right? So I did work as a consultant with big agencies, helping drive them in new directions. So I, I have the experience in my career of the process of doing that, right? Mm. So the, the early kind of data and software where we were taking some of the biggest organizations in our country, right? Like the state of California and reorganizing how they work, 
So I, I, I think through that, have an understanding of the patient. So we're going to be a little faster than reorganizing California. <laughs> <laughs> So I under so I have the background from it, you know, kind of consulting to know the process of that, right? It just might not be the thing that drives me the most. Mm. How many staff do you have today? Currently, I think we have about seventy uh, full time, uh, so FTEs, uh, and then probably thirty staff when we're talking about uh, contract workers or companies that we work with, but largely we, we kind of absorb them on a full-time basis, um, right. which is fascinating. And I love in the technology world, the ability we have uh, workers all over the world, which is, you know, because we can be virtual and because mm -hmm. we're a tech company, um, that's, that's really fun. And if I was to ask your employees, how would they describe you as a leader? Um, we just did this. <laughs> oh, there you go. So you have fresh information. I mean, like, yeah, literally last <laughs> week. Uh, so since I talked to you last, uh, which incredibly valuable. We did something called mission, vision, values, right? Mm. Um, so that we were looking to because. You move fast as a company, you're, you're, you're realigning quickly, you want to put your head, you know, I don't know how you want to look at it, maybe pick your head up a little bit by putting your head down and focusing, refocusing as a company. So we just uh, did this as a team, we took, I think it was four hours, which is a lot of time for a small company where we had a large portion of our employees involved in the process. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure and come up with, okay, we're all on the same page. We all have the same mission, vision, values. We're still uh, kind of fine tuning the details of that. But uh, things that came back, I think from the leadership of the company, which would be myself and Hussein and the values are uh, empathy, <laughs> which is why like uh, I've started to, to key into that. Uh, honesty, uh, unflappability, which, mm. uh, which was just an interesting uh, phrase that, that popped up in China. And, and uh, I think curiosity, I think that is, and, and it, this was against the whole leadership team and kind of uh, knowledgeability, I don't know that's the right <laughs> use of that term. Uh, something we've tried to focus on as company uh, is making sure and, and, and the team we have is great. We do IoT and cloud, right? So we have very knowledgeable uh, leaders in those different areas. And what sort of a, of a leader would you like to be perceived as? I, I like how I'm perceived. I think, when, again, as we're looking further into future, mm. um, uh, I would also like to add kind of um focused and structured right i think we need to move into that phase yeah it's pretty clear from what you were saying yeah. earlier you got to know where you are to know where you want to go <laughs> yeah. indeed but and also what's what is very uh interesting is the fact that you are aware of it like yes. sometimes it takes a little bit of courage you know, to realize, to realize it, no, but to accept it. Yeah. All right. Because it's, it's they, right. Cause that's, yeah, I think that's, if you're aware of it, you feel that internal struggle of, mm. no, this is, 
this is how I need to move forward mm. versus this is how I like to move forward. Yeah. And this is how you, 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 you need to move forward before you yep. become too much of a bottleneck because yes. otherwise you're going to exactly. get stuck. And if you get stuck, the company gets stuck. Yeah, which you cannot do. <laughs> you cannot get stuck as a, as a, uh, a kind of a, an entrepreneurial company. So if you look at your uh, entrepreneurship journey, what are the key lessons that you have learned? One of the very key lessons I've learned in, is, is the, the kind of exponential value you get from your team members. Right. Mm. And that really, I'm just continuing to learn. Right. So I, I, right. As, as we're building a company, there's so much to do. And I learn a lot from bringing in people that have, right. The expertise in the right areas. So something I think we were very slow to do. Um, but I know uh, as small companies, it's hard to determine is bringing, bringing somebody that was an expert in marketing. Right, because you think, right. oh, that's a skill set we can maneuver our way around. But then when you bring in those expertise, you can learn so much from them. So I think being open to right as a as a leader, creating the value from the team you bring in, I think is really really important. Um, instead of de determining right everything on your own, right, and, and getting into every detail. Anything else? What I so wait, what I learned about myself. Uh, <laughs> Go on. <laughs> it's I mean you learn something about yourself every day, and I actually think to be a good leader and to run a company, you have to be open uh, to that, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, this is more of an entrepreneurial thing. I'm an op optimistic person. I think most people that go into entrepreneurship are right, but at the same time, what I've learned is it. it you have to have the skill set. So, so not not a, most things don't turn out the way you want them to, right? Mm -hmm. And the the biggest value, and this is said a lot, but it's worth repeating, is you just keep at it, right? So, I mean, that's what I was talking about—that flexibility of thought. Oh, we're going to move in this direction. Okay, that did not work. How do we go from here? And being very fast to do that and really keep at it, and it's it's harder than you think it's going to be. Right. Even if you have a, the best idea in the world and you have a great team, it's, it's very hard to keep saying, OK, let me let me focus on what I have well and where can we move now? Right. Mm. Like as you try, you, you fail a lot. <laughs> um, but that's that's, you know, uh, but but the longer you're in the market, the longer you have the relationships, you know, the more successful you are. Is there anything you would have done differently? Yeah, I mean, I think there definitely things we would have done differently in how we built a team. Certainly, um, I think there's certain, you know, certain people that didn't work out well that, again, you know, should have fired earlier. Um, because we have the values that I discussed, there's a lot of empathy and honesty, and there's a lot of trying to uh, kind of meet people where they're at in our company mm. as well. Mm. Uh, I think we've had employ employees in important positions that didn't serve the company and we didn't pull the trigger fast enough, right? That's for me, a hard thing to learn, right? Going in, you know, into that. Um, and I also think like keying into a really clear go-to-market strategy, I think as soon as possible, which is, you know, entrepreneur speak, but also very, very important. Mm. 
Well, I remember talking about employees when I when I used to uh, run companies. I remember the first time I had to uh, dismiss someone. I didn't sleep for the first for the yeah. last two nights. It was horrible, horrible experience. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not always right. I mean, it's not always that the employee is terrible or you don't no. like them. Sometimes that happens, but a lot of time it's just it's not the right fit. And yeah. it's, it's too costly for the company and the rest of the team to, right? And when you have scarcity and resources to keep somebody on board and it takes more time, right? A bad employee is going to take much more of your leadership time, which means you're not doing, you know, leading the company, right? You're not mm -hmm. moving in the next direction. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard to do. And I think reframing it as, Right, it's bad for everyone else. <laughs> At least creates some uh, a, a, a kind of empathy into that process, right? So the 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 good of the company, and when you're building a company, right, you're building people's careers. They, you know, your employees are getting behind you. They're they're putting their future with you, right? So yeah. as you get, you can't allow one person to hinder that entire process. But it took, yeah, it takes a while to get comfortable with that. True. What are you the most uh, proud of? I am the most proud of, quite honestly, the team we built because it does. <laughs> there's a lot of you know personal learning and kind of business learning that goes on and finding mm. the right fit. Um, you know, and that 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 we have people that are behind us, right, and 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 putting their lives in our direction um, on a very very kind of personal level i'm also proud of uh quite honestly i'm a mom and being able to kind of juggle this and you know have my kids see you know i do a lot of the work at home yeah you know, mm. <laughs> have them see me building a company and and you know and they sit there with all the successes and failures and and uh i'm kind of impressed uh, I, i've been able to pull it off at least to, to date <laughs> what's your big dream for your company where do you want to take it I think that I, when you when you look at where we're going, we look at taking one data point and using it kind of universally, right? So when you get into the world of workforce data, you can use it everywhere, right? So I would like that grabbing data once, using it everywhere. I'd like you know every trade worker in the country, if not the world, to be tied into a streamlined iris database where they work, you know, they walk onto a site and all their information comes with them, right? All their certifications. It saves everybody time. Like to give that value back to the worker where they have their own third party uh, verification of their their payroll and you know that they got paid and that uh, this is the work that they did and they showed up on time, which is something that in the construction industry is it's a pretty opaque industry, right? Mm -hmm. All the way through to tying that data to all the projects and all the schedules. Right? It, technology, right, can make things so much more efficient, right? And I can, if everybody has that same source of information, um, it will benefit all the stakeholders. I actually, I think it creates a beautiful transparency. Um, and aligns everybody in the right direction. Yeah. Beautiful. Everybody to be an iris. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the not? entire uh, world. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want everybody, everyone to be uh, to be coached by me. <laughs> <laughs> if you had one recommendation for entrepreneurs, what would it be? 
the, the, the very trite but very true don't be afraid to fail right you have to you know go out there and try things um mm. you know it's it's hard to know when when you're taking you know, it's hard to tell anybody that the, the path they're on isn't going to be fruitful or not right but you have to be willing to to try i think this concept that i'm still working at although it doesn't sound like it because I, I do want to you know have everybody have an iris id but this you know of of thinking bigger, right? Mm -hmm. um, my, my brother's an entrepreneur as well. We talk about this a lot. We, we previously did a company together and I get, I'm an engineer. I get very involved in the process and the needs of all of the clients, but then also thinking how is this gonna create bigger value, right? And that's something I think is, is really important to not lose sight of. So looking at the big picture or never lose yes. track of the big picture. That's yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of a guiding light, right? As you're as you're aligning, that you're you keep going in that direction. How do you cope with failure? Relatively well. <laughs> <laughs> There was a little bit of hesitation. Yeah, I'm like, so, so I'm in a. I'm, I'm, my ex-husband. I'm, I'm still. Yeah, we get along still quite well. He said the the kind of most confounding thing about you alex is you always hope for the best but you're not upset if you don't make it right mm. like and i think that's what they right not being afraid to to fail is right you have to hope for the best and if you don't if you don't get there you don't get there it's the best case scenario right but you might move a little bit closer And I think that's the way I always look at it is maybe you know you're you're swinging for the fences but you hit a single well that moves you a little bit closer right and you're always moving forward so for me if there's a sense of moving forward I think I cope quite well <laughs> when I get that sense of moving backwards mm -hmm. uh, you know I, I struggle a little bit and and because I know that I try to then reframe in in how we're moving forward what what did that do to benefit right even though right there was a failure there yeah i can relate to that for me it's like what's the opportunity i was trying to ask myself yeah. where yeah. where's the opportunity and what exactly and and because i to me the word the, the the worst feeling is thinking that there's nowhere to go right mm. so as long as there's still a place to go and a direction to move you, you can kind of align the failure as 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 kind of helping you get to the next step nice my podcast is called uh interviews cracking the entrepreneurship code so have you cracked the code I think maybe check back with me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I think we're close. <laughs> All right. That's uh that's a deal. <laughs> Last question. How can people contact you? Um, I think the, the easiest way to contact us is through the website. It's www.eyrus.com. So iris.com. And uh, I think there's a link to know more at iris.com. That'll get you there. Any of the contact pages. Uh, you, you know, we're not so big. You'll get to me. <laughs> nice. Thank you very much, Alexandra, for your time today. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. And before you leave, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode. See you next time. Bye-bye.